you know, I've been working with Any Day since its inception. We developed it beginning of the pandemic. And I've been waiting for this day for quite some time because if you don't know anything about Any Day, it's the only, really the only way to cook in the microwave. And even if you don't cook in the microwave, they're great storage containers. But I finally have our own design, which really is a matte black finish. And it's an IO series. That's something we'll talk about IO, the series, in all its facets in the upcoming weeks. But it's out there now. You can sign up for the release. I think you can get it now. It's out now. Yeah. So much I know about. <laughs> it's super cool. And I, I just love the design. I love the color way of matte black. I like all things matte black. Except cars. <laughs> only, only Batman gets a matte black car. And if you want to, we have 10% off any day orders. If you visit the website and you purchase something and you use this really original code called Dave, D-A-V-E, you'll get 10% off. And you get 10% off anything that's a Momofuku goods product. Pretty awesome stuff. We have all kinds of uh, pantry items for your home kitchen developed in our restaurants and two new flavors of air-dried noodles, sweet and spicy and uh, spicy chili and our chili crunches available nationwide at Whole Foods, Target, Kroger's, etc. Or you can use that 10% discount code of DOMO10 at shop.momofuku.com and get it delivered straight to your door. 20% off Athletic Brewing, which I don't have right now in front of me, but I should because I like drinking them throughout the day. I've been crushing these day packs. I don't know. So much that they need to send us some more. <laughs> or I could use Athletic Gift 20. That's Athletic Brewing. Athletic Gift 20 is the code to get 20% off. Purchase off Athletic Brewing. So do that. And $40 off Cometeer with our promo code Chang, C-H-A-N-G. Cometeer, pretty much the only coffee that I drink these days. And now since Chris left a certain cult at our office. Scientology. Yes, I left. I've, oh man, I'm, I've joined, I've left one cult to jump right into the commentary cult. I am good for four a day. Cause, uh, Chris, we'll talk about that another day, but $40 off and 15% off East Fork Pottery, a friend of Dave. And, uh, you know, you can catch Ying on the, the internets, this thing called YouTube. I think it's got some legs. Ying cooks the internet and it's slowly growing. It's growing. Slowly growing. And you know how I learned you get it to slowly grow? You just keep on making content over and over and over again. It's the consistency. Yeah. It's a lot like prison. But yes, it's, it's also like growing a, uh, growing a YouTube channel. We have a major dome of media on YouTube. Check that out. We're just getting started there, folks. We'll get started with the show. Welcome to the Dave Chang Show, part of the Ringer Podcast Network, presented by Major Doma Media. Thank you, Yola Tango, as always. Joining with Chris Ying today. I just got back into town. Man, I've been traveling so much. Yeah. <laughs> Your schedule has become ridiculous. Last week, filming for Amazon Thursday Night Football in Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. Came back, filmed an episode, filmed a uh, podcast with you. Mm -hmm. Was here for one day and then got on a flight to London. <laughs> and I got back last night. So I have basically, and we're going to New Orleans next week. <laughs> yeah. Leaving I've, Sunday or Monday. So it's, uh, this is the, 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 
the rhyme and reason of it all, I guess, right? I guess so. How are you feeling? I'm pretty tired. Just got <laughs> back from London again, as I said last night. Went Had my first parent-teacher conference for Hugo this morning. Oh. Yeah. One-on-ones? Like or just you and Grace and the, and the teacher? Any insights? I had to explain to the his teacher, Hugo's teacher, that one of the things that he could do better on is really a genetic deficiency from his old man. <laughs> Right. Well, no, no amount of learning is going to overcome that. And uh, you get so emotional. I, I, this is like the second one. He had one in kindergarten. But when you hear about your kids, you just get so emotional. I think I could have broken down in tears several times. And I think she knew it. I'm like, don't. I felt like, you know, she was Roy Firestone. She's like, and I was Rod Tidwell. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. Is it, I mean, is it because, is it out of pride or just you're imagining your little guy growing up in the school by himself doing I think it's thing? all of those things. And to have it objective, because as a parent, you clearly think that everything they do is awesome. Not everything, but I think it really primes you for some kind of emotional wealth that you're sort of not ready for. But, you know, he's doing great. The one thing that he could do better on is he has a great imagination and he, he, he does the same thing he does at home. He makes, he constructs things, right? They call him the engineer. And he makes these really elaborate things and it takes some kind of storytelling. And it's this huge process, but he gets so focused on it. He gets so focused on it that if somebody asks, hey, can I be part of this? Or, hey, we need to be doing something else. He's so mm-hmm. razor focused. He's like, ignores them. He gets right. irritated that someone's bothering him. Right. Well, he's working. He's working. And the way they're describing it to me, Grace looks at me and I'm like, oh man. I was like, and I had to say, I was like, well, as a 46 year old, I, I have not gotten much better at it. <laughs> yeah. I love there are certain traits where you're like, that's not a blend. That's just one of us. That's me. Do you feel, let me ask you this. What does it feel like for you? I mean, obviously you don't remember, it's, it's not like you're going back to your high school or whatever. Does it feel weird to go to a school as an adult just generally? Yeah. I mean, just always how tiny everything is. The sinks, the toilets, the, <laughs> the desks, chairs, the chairs. The tiny chairs. But yeah, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree in genetics. It's a, it's a crazy thing. It really is. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to do a word of the day. We're going to do a three things. We're going to do today. It's going to be, we're recording Wednesday for the release of... PFFW. Yeah. And it's funny that I, I've been told that Taylor Swift is a big fan of PFFW. <laughs> and PFFW, also the algorithm predicted that Travis Kelsey yeah. would, would create this marketing ploy. You know, actually, Taylor uh, Swift. Later this season, for any of you Swifties out there, tell your friends that actually the PFFW is going to predict the exact length of the Taylor Swift Travis Kelsey relationship. We have that data. So if you're interested in it, Spe- speaking of Taylor Swift, I watched on the flight home last night, uh downloaded and never seen her uh documentary, mm. uh Miss America on Netflix. Our good friend, our co-creator of Ugly Delicious, Morgan Neville made it. It's pretty good. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things I could relate to, weirdly enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I was talking about I was talking about Taylor Swift with somebody and I just think like Man, the hustle is so real there. 
I'm just saying, I, I saw her first in concert before most people. Just saying. When she opened up for Prince, it was a hell of a concert. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. God damn. And no one gave a shit about her back then except me. <laughs> you were like, I'm, I'm the original Swifty. I'm here for Taylor. We'll get, let's, let's do a three things. Three things I miss about Washington, D.C. already. Mm. That's a good question. <laughs> well, how long had it been since you had spent some time in D.C. proper? Well, it's weird, right? When your parents pass, do you go back to that place? Thought about that. And like, I have no real desire. Like, I don't really speak to my siblings except for like special occasions. So, so I know it's just true. It's like when your parents pass, what's the, what's the tie that bonds, but binds everyone together. So that was one thing that I kept on thinking about. The second thing was this incident that happened that we can't really talk about. Mm-hmm. I thought about that a lot, uh, seeing that my sort of life flash, <laughs> flash before me. Mm-hmm. So that was not things that I miss, right? And, and the weird thing is, is I don't miss really anything about DC. But being able to be part of the game, to see that broadcast and production. So that's what I'll do. The three things that I think about a lot miss about the first production. One is the size and scope of a live. I think people have no idea how much fucking time goes in. So eight trailer trucks. Like giant trailers are used for the coverage, right? Mm-hmm. They're like traveling supercomputers and satellite, everything. It's super high tech. And I have to say that I was given behind the scenes look at how everyone gets things done on a live broadcast. And it gave me a lot of feelings about running the pass in a restaurant. It's high stress. It's an adrenaline rush. And they do this like every week. Some people do it all year round because they work on live coverages for all kinds of networks. High stress. And now I, it's like when I watch basketball now, now I I see things in a different way when with Bill or somebody else on the ringer, they tell me about basketball. Oh, I see it differently now. Now when I'm watching the game, I see things very differently on just, how a play gets replayed, mm-hmm. how a graphic happens. The whole thing we take for granted, or at least I did, it just sort of happens. It's got to be easy. Now, there's nothing easy about anything you watch that's a live broadcast. It's really a giant community that makes it seamless. And it's almost like the CIA. Like They don't get any praise. They only get criticism if something goes bad. So I, I, I think what I, what I miss is actually that, 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 that rush of seeing it all. Secondly being part of a live broadcast in general on the talent side, not easy. <laughs> it looks terrifying, man. Holy shit. It man. looks absolutely terrifying to be standing up there. I'm glad that Amazon is giving me the opportunity to get some reps in before Black Friday. Cause if I just did one game, I would have no idea what to do. Yeah. What would you, okay. So what is, give me a takeaway. What is something that you're like, Oh my God, I got to do this differently. You have two earpieces. I've, I've worn earpieces on TV a lot of times. Not anything we've done recently, but if you do some kind of reality competition, whatever, you give a small earpiece and that's being fed into the judge's ears and such. Get, you, everyone that's live, you can't hear anything around you. Mm-hmm. It's so loud too, right? Mm-hmm. Fans are right there. So if you watch ESPN, College Game Day, 
you can't, they can't hear the audience. Mm-hmm. Crowd screaming. So one earpiece is producers. The other one is what? Both producers. Oh, both producers. Okay. No, no. The both earpieces give you the production feed uh-huh. and you can only hear the audio of anyone speaking into a microphone. Right. So you, it's weird because if you're talking, you can hear yourself. You can hear someone else next to you and someone that's from the production side is talking to you. So three fucking voices <laughs> simultaneously. <laughs> mm-hmm. That was really difficult. I, 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 Carissa Thompson, I I've told her a couple times that night, I'm like, you're so good at your job. <laughs> Amazing what she does because she has to be the point guard to put this whole thing together. I felt like a total dumbass having to sit right in the middle of the, all the players next to Fitzpatrick and Andrew Whitworth. I missed that. And three, I, I, I did miss going to a football game. Mm-hmm. We were not good. We are not good. You had predicted a commander's victory, a Washington victory. Did I? (laughs) We're playing for Caleb Williams. So, okay. Who is the quarterback for USC? And, uh, yeah. So, I mean, if you haven't seen it, I don't know where you could check it out. On Amazon Prime. Yeah, my friend's been Maybe on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. We filmed something like two days before. It gets turned around into three minutes. I think it could be much longer. And hopefully, we're able to do some longer series. But getting to go to uh, Martin's Tavern, Ben's Chili Bowl, and Old Ebbett Grill, three institutions. And really the idea was, it's been such a dark time being Commander's fan for football because it was the glue. It's the one thing that could go across the aisle in town between rich and poor, left and right. It was, was, was football. And the only place that sort of kept that alive is fans like me abandoned them because I would say the real fans are the ones that abandoned the team, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? We'll talk about that in a second, though. The other fans that didn't abandon the team, they're like Mennonites. <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, you know, the, the restaurants, food. And, and people might ask, why is food in football? It's like, because food is what happens when food and drink. You're eating, food, you're watching, and you're eating. And... These places in the D.C. area really kept that flame alive during the darkest of times. And a lot of fans finally come back because of new ownership. Because fuck Dan Snyder. (laughs) Man, I tried to get Mayor Bowser to talk poorly about Dan Snyder. (laughs) She's a pro. I know. She kept on redirecting the question. I was like, so what are your thoughts about the previous regime? I couldn't believe when you were like, hey, what do you you get that team back in in the D.C.? She's like, yeah, I think we can do it. And I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) But I tried very hard with everyone I spoke to to talk poorly about Dan Snyder, but they wouldn't. No one took the bait. And people thought I was a crazy person for saying, if you're a real fan, you wanted Commanders to lose. Mm. They're wrong. I was right. Anyway, this is an ongoing three things, but I'll, I'll just keep it at that. I don't really miss too much about DC, mainly because it's like it's not really my home anymore. I'm with my parents not there, but... The three things that I've been thinking about a lot were the production of it. There's no way it's sort of ineffable for me to explain to anybody the magnitude of operation to make a live broadcast happen. I'm blown away. When you're on the the table side, what are you looking at? How big is the crew that you're looking out back at? Like the the production? Usually the team is on the field, but Commander Stadium because the stadium sucks so much, mm-hmm. they wouldn't, you can't. So we were up there on the, like the mid-tier deck. And thank you to uh, Jason, the president, 
you're, 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 you're just seeing the production team, but you're around all these fans and it's, it's a lot. And every one of them was like, what are you doing? <laughs> well, they, like, you, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> Richard Sherman is clearly the most famous of the people on the team. Yeah. Everyone under the age of 30, I think was like, Sherm, Sherm, can I get a picture? Uh-huh. Everyone else, not so much. <laughs> I mean, that's his, yeah, but that's his demo. I mean, they did seat you right in the middle of the table. But the moment where I was like, I mean, because I've seen you do so many things. I've seen you in positions that, you know, when we met, I neither one of us could have possibly imagined. But for some reason, the thing that got me was when they do the pregame predictions and they throw up the graphic with everybody's predicted score. And I was like, Dave got a graphic. Yeah. It's David's gra- He's and one of the I predictors. was closest. I was closest <laughs> when my over. I was like, dude, yeah. 35, 34. Yeah. Dave, he's got his yeah. own graphic. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. By the way, I, I just love getting to hang with them. Ryan Fitzpatrick is extremely funny. Andrew Whitworth, also very funny. Tony Gonzalez, also very funny. I, I, I just feel like I won the lotto. It's been amazing. So I, I'm, I'm truly blessed to be able to be part of the Amazon Thursday Night Football family. Al Michaels. So, so cool. So it's so I don't know what the hell happened and how I got there, but I'm definitely going to soak it in. It was very cool. Yeah, and and uh, yeah, the production of it and just how hard it is to do a live broadcast. And three was, you know, I forgot the third thing that I've been thinking about already. So how was how was eating? Much. How was I mean? You didn't talk about we didn't get to see that much of the eating you did. You didn't get to places. eat that much. Yeah, I didn't even, just didn't get to eat that much. Yeah. What. what we had, uh, I had some fried, fried macaroni. <laughs> I had pizza at the stadium. Yeah. A lot of it. But what about the, what about Martin's and Old Ebbets and, and, and we're, Ben's? We were recording so much. It was just like little bites here or there. Ben's chili yeah. is the half smoke. Yeah. Uh, that's the one thing I did get a chance to inhale. Yeah. Crush me. <laughs> Cause here's the deal. A lot of times when you are eating on TV, a lot of people don't eat. Mm-hmm. That's not, that's not you. And I, I, I ate a half smoke and it just was lodged in my esophagus for the rest of the day. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited. Chris is going to join me in New Orleans. We're planning. This is how crazy it is. Everything gets done in the moment. I cannot believe what they can pull off. I mean, you know, our experiences from working with another, I mean, Morgan, you mentioned him earlier, total pro, tremolo, incredible. But the production of something like that, you know, it's like, okay, let's talk to this place. Let's talk to this place. You know, we suggest a, a few restaurants and Amazon's production team is able to just like mobilize, shoot the thing, turn it around, edit it in 12 hours or whatever. It's crazy, the juggernaut. And what you said about the, the instant replay, because since you've been started doing this, I've thought a lot about like, oh my God, like broadcasting live sports. I think you're right. It's just like, fine dining. Nobody understands the production going on. No, the amount of work that goes in on every single person, right? From the graphics person to having clips. So even if they don't have a, the broadcast doesn't use a clip, there's like four or five people that are just making clips for every five seconds. (laughs) Yeah. Just in case that they need to go back and use a clip. I was like, oh my God, this job is fucking insane. Well, like you said, it's like, you take for granted, I watch a play, the instant replay is going to happen instantaneously. That's the whole thing. It happens faster than I can show you a video on my phone. I can't even be like, oh, let me. The reason why there's four or five people is people are making those clips simultaneously of different angles. 
Then there's another whole trailer of people that are trying to assemble storylines. So you have something during halftime. And when we were recording, we found out that uh, Dip Buckus died. Yeah. Passed away. The great middle linebacker for the Chicago Bears. And I'm ready. I have an idea of what the script is. And all of a sudden, everything changes. And you see people. I was blown away. It's crazy. I, I wish I could do a better job, but I just don't even understand what was happening. But everybody, it's, it's like open. It's like restaurant intensity. Yeah. And they're adrenaline junkies. It's so crazy. There's no, you watch a broadcast of any live sport. And it's like you said, you only notice the mistakes, but they're so rare. It's seamless. It's four hours of pure choreography, just seamless. Nobody, I mean, there's never dead air. There's never anybody just being like, uh, uh, we don't have the clip. Um, so let, I'll just show you this old rerun over here. Like, I mean, Kirk Herbstreet does like three games. His, they work so much. They're preparing, incessantly preparing for all of the knowledge and information and they're interviewing the coaches. So I was really blown away by the, 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 the preparation that's needed. And even things, did you know that the broadcasters have spotters? Each of them have a spotter, like caddies. To do, what, what is the spotter? They're do? watching the game through binoculars and they're able to write on a card like, well, that play was by this person. So how do you think? They're watching it. They can't start talking. How do they know? It's like, okay, the tackle is by 52. You know, Neil Olkowitz or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, this is this is so intense and so crazy. Honestly, I mean, it's is as a as a casual viewer, you just assume like, oh, everybody knows what player every number is and they're watching intensely and they're seeing exactly what's happening. Like, that's not it. Like, but another trailer is they're they know with the game of football so well, even though they're not football players or coaches, they know what plays are gonna actually probably happen. So they're getting things prepared. Pretty amazing. Hopefully, we'll get someone on the podcast so we can do So You Want to Be dot, dot, dot. But that was pretty amazing. Anyway, I could talk about this a lot. Let's take a break. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs scrambled over easy or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. So I got back from London. And I just, this is my slice and it's very embarrassing. And if this is taken out of context, it may seem really terrible. And I'll talk about London in a second as well. But on the flight back, Heathrow to LAX, I were, I'm running late and I had already been separated from Grace. So I want to explain. So just the situation is this. I know that she's on the plane already. I have my headphones on and I'm, I think I'm late. I think I'm late. Have you ever been in that situation where you have headphones on and then you look up or you get to the gate and you think that you're boarding? Uh, yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes, I have. I have. And I have tried to board the wrong flight in, in that sense. Yes. And Delta has it where they do pre-boarding. So if you have wheelchair access or mm-hmm. you're 
family that has needs with a kid and wheelchair or a uh, stroller. Extra time to board. They're on. I I had assumed <laughs> that it was group seven. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what came over me, but I just assumed that. Oh man, like because I saw some young people in front of me. Uh huh. And you're- just regular dudes, right? That are like, I'm just gonna go on, right? All right. All right. And I was uh, uh, lucky enough because I was there for work. They flew me out business class. Just going to say that. Sure, sure. <laughs> so I'm thinking like, okay, I, uh, they're flying me business class. And I'm not thinking. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, shit, I'm late. I'm thinking Grace is already on the plane. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm late. Okay. What had happened was, because I wasn't, I had headphones on. I was listening to something like a podcast. So I get in there oh, no. and then the attendant was like, Put her hand out. And I was like, are you actively serving in the military? Yeah. <laughs> she looks at you. She's like, what branch are you in, buddy? And, and then it dawned on me when I take off the headphones and I look and I, I'm like, oh, I look like the worst human being in the world. Yeah. You try to just cram in with the active service yeah, people. I did. You were just like, and then, excuse me. So I've had wa- the Business walks of class. shame. This was the most painful walk of shame I've ever had in my life. You turn around, everyone's just like, this, this, fucking, this stolen valor motherfucker yeah, over here. Motherfucking trying asshole. to get on the fucking plane during the military pre-boarding. Yeah. Wow. Wow, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted it to come clean and say, I look terrible. I know. I'm sorry. It was it was horrific. That's terrible, man. I, and I I just everybody saw it. Yeah, because they're all waiting. They're all saluting our proud service members. Because I just saw two young dudes get on the plane. I'm like, whoa! I'm like, you're like, I didn't know that they were calling military veterans active active <laughs> members of the military. Why are these two young guys in camouflage. <laughs> no, they just look like normal dudes. And then I thought, has anyone ever like just lied about that? Probably. So now that's but. Why would you do that? That makes no sense. But everybody saw that I was the worst person in the world. <laughs> just kidding. Just try to sneak in there behind them. And they stopped you, though. I love that. I think that it, she may have known, or I don't know, but clearly I didn't. Wait, so Grace was not on the plane. She was not on the plane. And Grace is a member of the audience being like, oh, my she, God, my she, husband is trying to steal Valor right now. Yeah, this is I think horrible. That, um, there's some separation there. <laughs> oh, I look like a huge dumb dumb. Jeez, oh, man. Oh, geez. Yes. All right. That's man. my slice. Has anyone ever had headphones on and they just entered the wrong time and then to get embarrassed or like, oh, you can't fly this way. You're not, you're not allowed on the plane quite yet. And you have to pretend like, oh, you just move to the side, you shuffle over, and then you you're like, you know, you look at your phone, you do whatever, because you you're it's embarrassing. Yeah. Well, I, but nobody, I've never seen anybody try to get in as a military vet, active I military mean, member. Man. But I did. If you were just, what would you be thinking? Put yourself in the shoes of somebody who's watching you. 
you're just like this. You all oh, entitled was, motherfucker. It would feel so the God, the feeling of superiority would be incredible. Yeah. I would just be like this. Yeah, disrespecting this the armed services, shit. this motherfucker. <laughs> and everyone's waiting in line. And not only that, I'd now dawn on me, everyone was queued up waiting in line. And I just cut in front of everybody. You just walk right through. just walk through everybody. And I just, I don't know what happened. I I was in my own little world. I was jet lagged too. Like I was only in London for 48 hours for work. And I just, that's what made it really bad is everybody was queued up mm-hmm. waiting. And I just entitled me <laughs> cut in front of everybody coming through, coming through. So I, 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 I sloughed off to the side oh, and man. tried to blend in with the wall. Go oh, bad. That's pretty bad. It was very bad. Well, I've, that's never happened to me. I hope it never I don't think does. it's going to happen to anybody else because no one's as stupid as I am. <laughs> just tried I don't know what came over me. I just like, yeah. I'm going to make, I'm going to, I'm going to make a run for it. Excuse me, sir. Uh, do you have a child under two with you? Oh, um, I, I, I normally do. I'm, I'm really embarrassed. I normally do. I normally do. <laughs> that's pretty bad, dude. Does anyone ever get upset though when you look at somebody that is boarding, pre-boarding? With so this is there's several scenarios here. One is that kid's not under two. That kid's not under two. <laughs> I'm looking at you guys walking on board. You look like just very healthy, just normal age people, very spry, fully capable people. Yep. And I always question it. Does anyone else question? It? Like, mm. I will absolutely special assistant. So I don't want to make the assumption, right? I'm just like. <sighs> No, I'm, of course, of course, this is like, so that's, that's why one. the other one is like, dude, that your kid looks like they're five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Your kid, your kid, your kid could be having kids. You can't be getting on early. I'm, I'm obsessive about this. That's why I imagine myself in the audience for your little gaffe and just being like, this fucking guy, I can't believe this guy. I'm so intense about it. If I'm staying in line with my group. I'm just taking casual glances to make sure everyone around me has the same group number. I'm just um, being like, that's, you're actually a four. And in a different flight, flying from D.C. back uh, to L.A., it happened. A, a teenage son was sitting next to me, a teenager, mm-hmm. and I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. Immediately try to sleep, and somebody taps me on the shoulder and says, do you mind if I sit with my son? Oh, it happened. I was so mad. Asking you to move to another row, another seat And the thing is, is all my fucking bags and everything were up front. So now her seat was in the back. I was, I didn't even look her in the eye. This is a, uh, (laughs) what did you do? Did you you just stay put? No, of course I moved, but I just should not have woken up. Mm. It's a a 17 year old. (laughs) Now, I wish you had just pretended to be asleep. I just be like I was sleeping, but I should not have woken up, and I, I did. And that's just a note to anybody: waking somebody don't, up to have them move. Don't wake up at all. Just that is now the only move to do. You sit down on an airplane, fall asleep, or fake fall asleep immediately. <laughs> that's it. Right. Right. You know, well, unless wait. you're sitting in an exit row and they have to wake you up because you have to listen again, like. Verbal consent, sir. I need verbal consent that you are ready and able to assist. I mean, again, if if you need to ask me, we are fucked. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever, do you think, 
Have you ever been on a plane and seen somebody decline an emergency exit row? Assignment? No, I don't think I have. That would be crazy. I would love to I'm know just that saying, situation. pro tip here, just fall asleep immediately. <laughs> and don't try to be a good Samaritan. There's nothing. Just go to sleep. Nothing can Only worthwhile you. for senior citizens and toddlers. Uh-huh. If you anything feel, else, if you feel a little else? hand pushing on you, you can wake up. Or a, a, a weak, feeble hand. Yeah, that's, that's. I was like, you chose poorly. You planned poorly. It's not my fault. Teenage. Okay, I'm now. I'm, now I'm understanding. They wanted you to move to sit next to their teenage son. Mm-hmm. Not a little four year old. Not a little five year old. Mm-hmm. Not somebody who's gonna get scared. Who needs help? Grown ass teenager. This teenager wearing Supreme and shit. I was like, <laughs> I need just to like you know. <laughs> just you know, parents be like. We need to sit next to our six foot seven son here. We have, before we take a break, we have a word of the day. Another word that I've never used in my life. Okay. What do we got? Equanimity. Okay. Equanimity. A noun. Equanimity. What's it mean? Chill. Just chill. Chillness. Here's the deal. I would never have guessed that it means mental calmness, composure, and evenness of temper. What would you difficult situation. Equanimity? Yeah. Equality, <laughs> some kind of like math thing. When I hear it, I think of horses. Yeah, equine, <laughs> equine, having a horse-like quality. We should just start doing word of the day with wrong definitions. Yeah, well, I'm just letting you know that I can never have used that word, and <laughs> I never once even dawned on me when I've come across it in a, in a in a sentence that that's what it meant. Chillness. You were just like, oh, this. <laughs> This horse-like person is exhibiting horse, horse-like uh, composure here. Do you use the word equanimity? No, uh, specifically because I, I, um, I fear saying it out loud. Do you guys use the word equanimity? <laughs> Nobody. I don't think anybody. I think this might be the first time somebody's spoken equanimity out loud. Speaking of out loud, somebody recently that I know pronounced it uh, Ibiza. No. Yeah, and so I said earnestly. I are, are you going to have a layover in Barcelona? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you met no, somebody happened. who said Ibiza. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it happened. Anyway, I, we're getting from the. I'm not even going to use the word equanimity because I don't even know how to use it in a sentence. I, I was. I'm, I'm going to say this. You are. It's just rolling right off your tongue. Equanimity. Yeah. Because uh, there's a phonetic spelling. Oh. <laughs> but I don't know how to use it properly. David Chang exhibited exceptional equanimity while on a live broadcast of Thursday yeah, Night that, Football. I was so nervous. He was a real horse. <laughs> I read a comment. Someone said, seems like he memorized this thing. No shit, I did. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, so we were working on the opening script to the video that we recorded. And that's another thing that's difficult. There's, there's a teleprompter, but usually if I've ever used a teleprompter, it's stationary. This thing's fucking moving around. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And it, it, everything's moving so fast. And I was, and I texted Ying. I was like, this thing that we wrote is too long. <laughs> I tried it during warm practice rehearsals. I was like, it was like, they were like, that's a minute, 20 seconds. <laughs> How long do I have? S- 10 seconds. <laughs> You're not Edward Murrow. You're like, you just <laughs> cut it down. But that, I do, I do think we had like, 
it had started, they had sent us a, a sample sentence that was just like 10, 15 seconds, whatever. And then we were going back and forth just being like, oh, we should really try to say this. We got to get this detail in there. This, this doesn't make sense without this. And we, it had exploded into like a commencement speech. Yeah. So whatever I said, you know, I was pronouncing, I was practicing it like Luca Brodsky in Godfather <laughs> over and over. And it dawned on me, I didn't care. The entire production team was looking at me with the earbuds on and I was going to Chen over and over and over again. I, I've already forgotten the the two sentences. It's like, and that's why I've come back to DC to test uh, if it's really time to come back home. There, over and over and over and over, and man. Okay, so let me ask you this: We were talking about uh, uh, things that you might do differently. Is that what you would do again this week? I just have to get comfortable. Yeah, you know, the last time I did live broadcast was with Mike Tarico. Man. I was thinking about if I had to write a CV, it'd be fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Because the last time I did live TV was for the Olympic broadcast in Pyeongchang with Mike Tirico. And uh, he's got a great sense of humor. And I was, I was only there. That's a whole other story that we can talk about another day. Because I wound up doing broadcast coverage for almost every correspondent that NBC sent in <laughs> Pyeongchang. Mm-hmm. Then I thought all I was going to do at the time was just this. Introduce the clip of the Huenyo women and food in Korea. Two different clips. And uh, I was like, hey, you know, they take a break. Tariko gets a glass of water. And he's like, super nice guy. He's like, uh, nervous? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you should be. You're, gonna... <laughs> <laughs> You're only going to speak in front of 50 million people live. I was like, fuck. <laughs> 50 million people globally. Oh, I, was I like, love yeah. it, dude. Yeah. I love it. No sugarcoating it. Yeah. You should be nervous. This is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And you're probably going to do a bad job right now. <laughs> So it's terrifying. It's terrifying. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back to a quick London segment, and then we're going to get into PFFW. This episode is brought to you by Vital Farms. No matter how you like your eggs, scrambled, over easy, or sunny side up, the people at Vital Farms believe in one thing, keeping it bullshit free. That's why their pasture-raised eggs come from hens who each have over 108 square feet of space to roam and forage all year round. So you can spend less time questioning your food and more time enjoying it. Look for Vital Farms in your grocery store and learn more at vitalfarms.com. Vital Farms, keeping it bullshit free. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co forward slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval, terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. 
So I was in London for two days and I, I filmed a commercial of sorts. And I, I used to live in London in 1996 and I used to go on the regular. Um, and forgive me for not seeing my friends. If you hear this, I was in London for less than 48 hours. I really was tempted to go give Uncle Fergus and Uncle Trevor Gulliver of St. John's a call. But we met Mark Johnson at dinner and Steph's son. But I never stayed in the ritzy part of, of London my life. Mm. Ever. Because mm-hmm. when you were there, living there, it was like, I'm a, I'm a... I lived in a basement with no son. Yeah. Um, and it was awesome. And there's something about not having means of anything and, and just like making... I had a great, great time there. Working, living. But man, London is a very strange place. Hmm. To me. In what way? I just think it's the most... I don't... I'm gonna say, oh yeah, I'm going to fucking say it. I don't love it. <laughs> oh boy. I don't oh love boy. London. Oh boy. Yeah. Based on... Uh, historically, no. But this trip... Some observations. I think the, cl- the, the, the class issues are really more pronounced now. <laughs> There. Right. Well, I, I believe they invented the aristocracy. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> it's really weird, man. I yeah. just felt weird. I, I guess people don't think of London as having that sort of like incredible wealth and class divide, but the 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 that upper crust of of London is like as upper crusty as it no gets, shit, right? and I, and and man, the service there. Yeah. Like at, at just hotels and, and any old restaurant. It's just Not all the places, but it, it really is. is it, it's too much? Is that what you're, you're talking about? I just feel like, it, to me, it's not all of London. I'm just saying where I stayed, which is, I didn't, again, I never stayed there. The, I've never even really been to that part of London in my life. The Mayfair, Marlborough area. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Man. Did I feel like a fish out of water? It felt like the worst parts of the Upper East Side of New York. Okay, but that was but way older. I hate the Upper East Side mm-hmm. with a white hot heat. <laughs> and I've never spent time. I've lived in London. I spent a lot of time in London, but I've never been to that area because it's it's where you see Ferraris and Liberties mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. a lot of you know, but it, Eastern European dialects being but spoken different. <laughs> So it's just oligarchs on the run, basically, is what we're talking about. Uh, it was very weird. Oh, it is. It's like Roman Abramovich type yeah. of stuff. Nah, okay. Okay. That is that is legitimately, because I was going to say, what's the difference between that and, and Bel Air, Beverly Hills? But it is that element. But the difference is, is it's like an evil think, wealth. People genuinely think that they're better, I think, because mm. of their wealth. Right. And, 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 and I've never sensed that before, but it's flaunted in a way that, it's just not cool. It's like lordly. Yeah. Yeah, gross. I didn't like it. Yuck. And, and it's did. not all London. Like, there's stuff, uh, clearly, uh, I'm just, when I say I didn't like London, I didn't like the Upper East Side version of London. Right. <laughs> did you get a chance? You were only there 48 hours. You didn't really eat anything. What we did, we went to Trishna's, which was an Indian food, Indian group. I got to say, it's one of the best dishes I've ever had in my life. What was that? They do a brown, brown crab is like their version of a Dungeness crab up there. It was curry brown crab. Oh my God. I gotta say, it was otherworldly good. Oh my God. 
And the reason, the one time Grace and I had a night out for dinner, because we couldn't get into any of the restaurants, because I didn't call any of my chef friends. Uh-huh. Um, our only table, I felt like such a noob too. It's almost like if you were a tourist coming to New York, I was like, oh, this is what it must feel like. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> sucks. It sucks not to have connections. It sucks <laughs> not to using connections. <laughs> so we showed That's up. That's the most lordly thing you've ever said. <laughs> it's rubbed off on you. So we, we show up at, uh, at a restaurant and it's empty. But they're like, oh, you can't get in. That happened a lot. Just trying to walk in. You can't, you can't come in. You can't come in. And they look at you up and down. Everything was like a pretty woman moment. But I never <laughs> even got a chance to go in to like order, you know, the pretty woman principle. Right, right, they right. Even, right. You can't even get in. You didn't get to, you didn't get to do the, the move that we have, we've advertised here, which is to allow yourself to be sat in the worst seat as the pretty woman and then show them through your order. Yeah, and I'm like, there's a lot of empty seats. And this is definitely the last turn. So uh, anyway. Trishna, which is part of the, the the this very famous Indian restaurant group, we were walking, and this was uh, our last night there, and we're super tired. I just finished wrap work, <laughs> and I said, "Grace, like I, I I made a reservation at Trishna's at eight o'clock, so let's just walk around, and mm-hmm. and but like we walked around for like an hour, and we're like, oh man, we're so tired." <laughs> Tuckered yourself out with your evening because we didn't really sleep, right? Yeah. And I was like, "It's five o'clock. Why don't we just go into Trishna's and see if they'll let us in early?" And I walk in. I was like, "Hey, my name's David. We have a reservation at eight o'clock. Do you think that you could see us early?" And they look at their reservation book and like, "No, you made a reservation for ten o'clock." Whoa! Oh, no. You know why this? Because in Europe they use the twenty-four hour, and I ne- I, I just can never do it right. Oh, you were like <laughs> for for twenty. Yeah, I thought twenty two meant in my mind eight o'clock because mm. that's how stupid I am. <laughs> anyway, they wound up getting us seated, and uh, we had a fabulous meal. And that curry crab dish, goddamn, all picked. It was so good, so all good. Picked already. Yeah, I mean, one of the best dishes I've had in a long time. Wow. Yeah. Was it a rice situation or a bread situation? It's rice and bread. I had a a, a peppered. It was almost like chunking chicken, but with partridge. And that's another thing, man. In, in the UK, like the game there is so good. They got good birds. Yeah, good birds. <laughs> the other thing we did, because we couldn't sleep at, the night before, we went and got bagels in Shoreditch. Uh, from the, with the what, it salt, dawned on pork, me. salt beef. Yeah. But it dawned on me. That if you're a local in London, you never go there. Yeah, I think that's true. It's only where locals and people that are like in construction work. <sighs> but I to. think it's, I think it's great. I love that bagel. There's two. There's two of them. Yeah. One is, they're both bagel with B-E-I-G-E-L. Yeah. That's how my daughter is. Let me get right back to you with my aluminum. So they're right next to each other. And we got dropped off, and I went to the wrong one. Many, uh, years ago, I went to it, and I was like, Grace, like, let's just go to I, I forgot. And then walking past, I was like, oh, that's the one. So we filled up on bagels, but they weren't hot. Ugh. And I had a salt beef, and I had one salt beef and a salmon bagel. And it was good. They're, they're fine. I was like, oh, I'm stuffed. And we walked past, and I was like, oh, that's the fucking one. <laughs> 
Yeah. The one that's been there since 1856. And yeah. it really, it's so good. Yeah. It's, it's so, so delicious. So, like steaming hot bagel. And I know that if you're a Londoner, you're like, no one goes there. But whatever. You know what? London closes at like 12 o'clock. Yeah. There's nothing to fucking eat in that town after 12 o'clock. It's another reason London sucks. <laughs> There's nothing to drink. Except for clubs. There's nothing to drink in that town. I was going to say, Except after clubs. Yeah, after 9 p.m. So, so I, I stuff my face with a, another, I two salt beef bagels at 2 in the morning and a, <laughs> and a salmon bagel. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh, wait. So just to clarify, you ate at the wrong one, then you wandered by the correct one, and you correctly were like, well, I got to get the correct one. All I can remember last time was that I was so drunk. And this time sober, it still tasted good. Remind me, leaving that place made me think of two things, two segments that we got to do. We got to find the best duels, best verses of Mm. restaurants, right? Mm. And I didn't understand why the other one with the not as good bagels was way more crowded than the one that was, you know, I don't know why. Yeah. I have an idea, but I don't want to say it right now. (laughs) Because it's not really endearing to the city of London. <laughs> but finding all of the spots that serve the, the same thing with the Coney Island hot dog in Detroit, we want to well, let's make a like a, 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 a compile a list of restaurants that are literally within one block of each other serving the exact same thing. Right. I'm fascinated by it. Right. Many times one knocking off the other. Yeah. Uh, many other times, literally a splinter family thing. Like father, son, whatever, separated. Like I love those. Yeah, we should. We have to compile. Nobody's a full really list done that. that. Yeah, it's very interesting. And it's not just Pat and Gino's in Philadelphia. I think that we could probably find a list of ten legitimate spots where you know you're serving the exact same thing and the same block. Yeah. And the stories behind that. In fact, that's be a good TV show. Too. I know. We just gave away a TV <laughs> show idea. But um, leaving that, it was that led into another segment. We should do the best of drunk foods. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And just late night foods. They're t- t- distinctly two different things. Now, draw that line for me. Should we just do best drunk foods right now? Well, what's the difference between a drunk food and a late night food? Late night food, you might be high, right? Yeah. You're not, you haven't gone out, really. You're just, maybe you come back from a movie. You're just out, right? Mm. You're, it's basically simple. One, you're super drunk. The one, you're not dr- super drunk. <laughs> But okay, but <laughs> it's a, it's a pretty clear distinction. Okay, okay, and okay. I think I got you. Of, of following those lines, you want totally different things to eat. I got you. I got you. It is, and another one is hangover food. So it's really, we got to figure out three different buckets. Let's handle one of those right now, and then we'll get into PFFW. Okay. So I think let's just do drunk foods. Okay. Right, things that taste so much better when you're hammered. Sure. I'm gonna go number one. Pizza. <laughs> There's nothing better than pizza. Yeah. It, I, for me. And it's got to be a deep dish style thing. <laughs> you can't do Neapolitan style for drunk. That's not, that's not drunk food. Yes. I agree with you. I'm, yes. I'm drawing. I'm drawing I, think, I think that that is more. If, there is a, if there's a late night distinction versus drunk food, that's a clear distinction. Late Neapolitan, night food could be a dozen oysters right. and shrimp cocktail. I was going to say like late night New York is like blue ribbon sushi. Drunk food is halal cart. Yeah. Big difference. Yeah. Big right? difference. Big difference. I see it now. And I'm now going to say having a salt beef bagel is drunk food. 
Not late night food, drunk food. Yeah. And the difference is, is late night food might be a salmon bagel with cream cheese. Mm -hmm. Whereas drunk food, you're like, give me that with gherkins and mustard. (laughs) And salt beef is basically just corned beef. Right. I want to say, this is my my West Coast bias coming out, but I think a burrito is burrito and tacos. I'm not a... Or a quesadilla. Quesadilla is drunk food. The problem is, for those that live on the East Coast, it's not readily available. Okay, fair enough. And uh, I saw a lot of taco shops in the UK. I'm not going there. <laughs> you're not messing. I don't give with a that. shit if you're making your own masa. <laughs> you're you're too far from Mexico to um, be doing that. So, I would say burritos, but burritos to me, I put into the category of hangover. Right. Okay. It's a hangover food. Tacos usually are not open at that time for me, even on the West Coast. Yeah, more or less. If you you, you have to you have to run into a taco stand, taco truck, taco stand, or something like that those are open late. But if I'm gonna if I'm gonna say taco burrito quesadilla, and I really think about it, I think the quesadilla is the is the drunk. Food. I feel quesadilla is something you make at home poorly. Drunk. <laughs> That's why it's also a good drunk food, as I'm saying. I don't. Uh, I, I'm. Not, I'm. I, I'm putting this into categories of things that you're not making at home. You're buying. Okay. Okay. Drunk food. So pizza one. This the salt bagels on there. Salt bagels on there. What sure. else rounds out the top five? I here? would put some kind of kebab. Yeah, okay. I mean, we've done that many times. Yeah, together. yeah. The world over. Kebab. Kebab. My God, the kebab. I mean, the kebab. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> the donor kebab. Any kebab. Any kind of kebab. Yeah. So good. <laughs> to me, that might be like, you know. There's actually, oh my God. The kebab is is magnificent. The kebab might be my number one late night food. Drunk food also, like, would be some kind of bowl of instant noodles. Mm-hmm. That might be that's hangover a food as well. Make it home thing. But no, if you're in a, if you're in Korea, if you're mm. in Japan, you can get that. But I would also say tteokbokki is real drunk food, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you don't know what tteokbokki is, it's all the rage with white people these days. <laughs> Yeah, Follow me is. as I make this thing called Korean rice cakes for dinner today. <laughs> yeah. in, a, in a rose cream sauce. In some gochujang. Gochujang. <laughs> Duck bokey, very good drunk food. With priya leaf. <laughs> Duck bokey, salt bagels, kebabs, pizza. What's the last drunk food? That's what's been really haunting me. Well, I mean, you. I mean, I could say this in New York, it might be a beef patty or a bodega sandwich, mm. right? In LA, mm. the the diner cannon. It's probably something in there. It's probably the diner cannon. You're right. You know, whatever your diner order is, is probably that's that is the late night drunk drunk di- drunk diner order for me is going to be. It's not. I'm not going breakfast. Oh, of course, drunk food. It's going to be chicken fingers. Yeah, I was going to say. Chicken fingers. Let me, okay, let's move on from this topic, but let me ask you this. When I move into, when I go into drunk food eating from drinking, drinking's over. Now it's eating time. The move I've never, I've always admired, but never been able to follow is, let's go to the diner for our drunk food and somebody orders a beer. <laughs> I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I think what we're also missing out Chinese food in general, 
We are, because that's real drunk food, too, because it's usually open later at night. And that entire genre mm-hmm. probably wins. Mm-hmm. Chinese food wins, I think. <laughs> drunk, well, drunk food. Drunk you, and you owe drunk Chinese food. You owe, like, Sambar to drunk Chinese this is, food. This is true. <laughs> So that's got to be your real late problem. night food is a very different story. We'll get into that in a second. Anyway, we'll get, we'll get back to you with PFFW. All right. What do we got? You know, it's time for pro football food weekly. And we are the authority on how to pick the winners for upcoming NFL matchups by judging the only thing that matters, the food options in the cities at that moment. when The game is actually happening. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I've got something on this. Yeah. So what is last the- week? <laughs> Last week, we went 0 2. <laughs> but if you review. look at it in a different way and you take the Costanza approach, we're really 7 and 3. <sighs> if you do the opposite of what we're saying, you might win handsomely. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I, had a, I had the Bears versus the Washington Commies. Washington by 6.5. Yeah. That was the spread. And I actually had on the game sixty to over a sixty-four points, mm-hmm. sixty-five, no, thirty-five, thirty-four, sixty-nine points. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago won by twenty. Yeah, we were. It was a terrible game. The algorithm broke on that one, and uh, we lost the Eagles and the Rams because uh, I, I chose LA. You flipped the script. It was it was Philly was a four-point favorite. You made the Rams a four-point favorite. So, so we're going to just focus on the Denver-Kansas game today, all right? And the crews are there right now. And uh, I got to say, I'm a little, little upset that I'm not at the game because I could be potentially hanging out with my, my, okay. my muse, <laughs> Taylor Swift. <laughs> this is how deep the Taylor Swift NFL effect is. <laughs> now she's been mentioned twice on this, this podcast. All right, so to review, just for people who haven't been following the the PFFW, the Pro Football Food Weekly, sandwiches, steakhouses, seafood, sweets, and special teams, those are the five S's. This week, we've got Denver at Kansas City on Thursday night football. Kansas City, according to the Vegas odds makers, is a 10.5-point favorite. Yeah, Denver's not so good. (laughs) This is, it was, they're so, so not so good that I can't even take an upset pick here. Well, are you going to move that line? Does the PFFW oh, move that, the, that, the PFF, the, <laughs> it's clear Kansas City's going to win by 24 points. Oh my God. The line is at 24 yeah, and a half. And a half. <laughs> 24 and a half. Get your bets in people. <laughs> All right. And what are you basing that? What are you looking on in the five S's here? That's making you feel that way. I think Travis Kelsey is going to, you know, try to win over, you know, his, his, uh, he has been showing out, huh? Yeah. He's been showing out for, for, I, I think you're going to have Travis Kelsey three touchdowns, three touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. He might throw one too. Okay. He might throw a touchdown. <laughs> Travis Kelsey. Listen, I think they want to pump him up. NFL wants to pump him up. Uh, yeah, I feel that. So what do you, what are you seeing in the five S's that's leading you to believe that Kelsey's going to go off for a total responsible for four touchdowns? A twenty-five point victory by the Chiefs. I've been in De- I've been to Denver a handful of times. And in fact, I spent more time in the Boulder area than Denver. But I, I think this is a straight sweep by Kansas City on the five S's. A straight sweep. First time ever, straight sweep. Yeah. Sorry, Denver. Wow. Sorry, Denver. Yeah. 
Denver, okay. Seafood, I can see that going either way. Who cares about seafood? Steakhouses. Apparently the sandwich in Denver. Is it Denver omelet or twin toast? <laughs> is that real? You know, is that what they... People in Denver literally eat their own omelet? I think they don't really eat their own omelet, but the Denver sandwich is apparently just an omelet. The Denver omelet between slices of toast. And That's their signature sandwich. So, uh, Denver. And I, I mean, if the, you know, we have Burnans by Arthur Bryant's. Can't beat it. Sandwich. Yep. I mean, that's not going to lose. We have Bastions versus the Golden Ox, KC. And again, haven't been to either, but again, doing this. Golden Ox is a good ass name. Yeah, great name. You don't know if it could be Chinese. I know. I might wonder. Or it could be Cowboy. (laughs) It's really. um, Chinese Cowboy. It's uh, food androgynous. (laughs) (laughs) It's just whatever whatever you want it to be. I mean, it really could be. I could get a, you know, wonton soup or, you know. If I didn't, if I, mint yeah. sauce with my lamb chops. <laughs> total, total jokes aside, if I was, if we were in Kansas City, I was like, Dave, meet me at Golden Ox. You would have no idea if it was a Chinese restaurant or no idea. <laughs> Such a good name. It's really good. Golden Ox. Yeah. Powerful. I mean, Denver again. For seafood, I'm going to give that to Kansas City. I mean, it's really a toss up. Yeah. But the only reason I'm giving Kansas City is because I need to keep the symmetry for a 5 0 win. That's really it. Denver, no offense. Yeah. <laughs> and listen, I'm just telling you, Denver, you could clearly be 5-0 an hour after the game. Mm-hmm. It's just right now. Right those, now, those Kansas, during the game, we're the, predicting that the five S's, if you wanted to eat those five S's at the moment, Kansas City's going to win. So Denver, can't get upset. Can't get upset. Those Kansas City oysters are hitting right now, for sure. For sweets, we have a root beer float, which is like the thing in Denver. And uh, the Povitza, Povitiza. Bread. Po- povitiza? What is that? Povitiza. Let's see. Povitiza <laughs> bread. I, <laughs> is it, what is that? Banana oh, it's like a, it looks like a it looks like a kind of like a, a babka, right? Is it sort of like a cinnamon babka or something? I love a good root beer float, but we're going with a babka. Again, Denver. Your root beer float is probably superior to the babka every other time. But not tonight. Not tonight and not at that moment. So don't take any offense. You can't take offense to this. Yeah. All right. And for special teams, we have green chili from El Taco de Mexico and uh, Gates Kansas City barbecue sauce or just Arthur Bryant's barbecue sauce. We're just going to go with Arthur Bryant for the win again. Well, it is, it, you know, the flavor of Kansas City barbecue sauce is, I mean, you really think about it. That is identifiable the world over. In Kansas City, before you start, like, celebrating too soon, just saying, like, if you win against, say, Houston, may not be a 5-0. Might not, might not be. Might go against, uh, you know. I've, I've, got, I've got an upset alert for you. I've I mean, Buffalo one. clearly <laughs> might, might, might upset Kansas City in the 5-S's that time. So, Kansas City, just chill it's out. It's true, I know. Before you go celebrating... You're up against a, a a city and a team experiencing a little bit of a, a weak moment. I've got I've got a uh, I've got some inside intel. Like you said, the five S's are about what is happening at this exact moment in time. The, not the overall legacy food of a city. It's what's going on right now. And no, I during have, the game when it's being played. Yeah, like yeah. in this contemporaneously. I have some. I have a. Inside Intel. This is a breaking scoop. 
Right now, you've got the Ravens are a four-point favorite over the Tennessee Titans, I believe. Right? I was recently in Nashville. And speaking of late-night drunk food, I ordered from a jack-in-the-box at three in the morning. And, you know, like three in the morning is not the A-team. But I have never seen a fast food prepared and presented with such meticulous care. I swear to God, it looked like an advertisement for a sourdough jack. And so right now, special teams in (laughs) Tennessee is hitting at this exact moment. There is somebody working in in the Gulch area of Nashville, the jack in the box. There's somebody doing an exceptional job right now. And I think that special teams... Drunk late night special it's teams take Tennessee over the Rams. is going to take Tennessee. It's a hell of a thing, John Harbaugh. Since he was a special teams coach, and he knows his special sauce. But it's but it's all about this moment and the personnel on the field. And there's personnel at that Jack in the Box right now. And I want to shout out whoever it was because my God, I could have taken a picture and put it printed in a magazine. The food looked incredible. So that's my inside intel. All right, that's your upset of the week. Right, special now. sauce taking yeah. over. All right, I got. I'm going to give you a real upset this week. And I would, I would bet the house on this. <laughs> bet the house. Let's run that disclaimer real quick. The Buffalo Bills are a 14-point favorite over the New York Giants. No. Not today, folks. Not today. Yeah. No. The Giants are going to win by seven points. Okay. Because the sandwich told me so. What sandwich are you looking at? Listen, in no world is the beef on whack going to beat <laughs> Cats' pastrami. Not in my multiverse. The beef on whack, fine. Good name. But it's Cats' fun, great, It's a great sandwich. Is that the one that has pumpert, uh, caraway seed? Well, we, got this, we get this confused all the time with the other one, the, the pit beef sandwich. Oh, I think pit beef has caraway, and that's Baltimore. Yeah, that's... I've never had a beef on whack. I talk about it a lot. Beef on whack is... The horseradish sauce mm, one. That is a good one. Kosher salt and caraway seeds. You know, as good, as good as it is, it's not a pastrami sandwich. It's basically a Arby's sandwich. Well, yeah. it's, it's got jus and it's got horsey sauce. What do you give me that weird look for? That's what a beef on weck is. It's an Arby's. So I hate to break it to you folks, but the Buffalo Bills are going to lose. Don't even 14 points my ass. <laughs> I, I legitimately, I think, I think you got that. I think, I think that's going to happen. I'm just saying, I give you a guarantee. I give you a guarantee. Yeah, you know what this is going to turn into? It's like a lot of those political guarantees on the trail that doesn't even matter. Whatever. It's like Lindsey Graham. He said all the kinds of crazy shit. Don't matter. <laughs> right. Absolutely. It just disappears into the ether. Yeah. All right. That's week six of PFF. Let's go Giants. We've got Giants, over, Giants by seven over the 14 and a half point favorite Buffalo Bills. We've got the Kansas City Chiefs, who are currently favored by 14 and a half, I believe. Davis moved that line to 24 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Jiminy Cricket. (laughs) Over the Denver Broncos and uh, Ying's pick. I'm going to say we've got got, uh, the Ravens are currently four-point favorites over the Titans. I'm going to say Titans by three and a half. But again, go on, let's just quickly go back, take away the five S's. If you had to choose to eat in a city, Denver versus Kansas City, what, what are you going to choose? And again, no disrespect to anyone in Denver because Denver's got a great food scene. It really does. Denver is happening. For sure. You like microbrews? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying the reason why I would choose Kansas City 
Because I just want to eat Arthur Ryan's barbecue. Yeah. Also great. I also love Town Topic, the burger shop there, man. Really delicious. I would eat in Kansas City right now for sure. Right now, r- tonight with the game, during the game, I'd rather be eating in Kansas City. And then I'd probably buy some merch at Golden Ox. <laughs> I, I just don't know enough about Denver. I've only been there a couple times. Yeah. Right. I, uh, yeah, it's not my favorite eating city in the world. Oh, you, you doesn't your sister live there or something? No, but I've, we, we go, we go that we see my sister in Colorado once a year and it's, uh, not my favorite. <laughs> and again, it's just a fact that New York City area has better food than the Buffalo area. <laughs> That's hard to contest. Yes, I agree. It's not. A, it's not yes, a sweep. It's not a sweep because those those the, the, the wings the wings rep the, the wings rep. Yeah, but can't take offense to this buffalo. You you can't. I'm just giving you something that's factual. You know why? You can't get upset at me if I say New York City has 8.5 million more people <laughs> than Buffalo. You As should. a fact, I can also say that New York City has better food than Buffalo. You really think about it, both in, both in food and in football, Buffalo, you should take, you're punching above your weight. The fact that there is a food item, period, that people associate with Buffalo is crazy. And you know what's a awesome? A world famous food item. You know what's awesome, Buffalo? Remember when Commanders beat you guys in the Super Bowl? <laughs> Timmy Smith had like 235 yards and like three touchdowns. Doug Williams won. No, that was in 87. This is Mark Rippon. Um, yeah, we crushed you guys. Yeah. We crushed you guys. <laughs> He's back. He's back. He's a Washington fan again. It was that was so sweet. Mark Rippin, man. You guys are you guys are Oh Andre Reed, so scary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's PFFW week six. We'll see how we do this week. All right, we got an ass Dave. Hi, Dave. Are you supposed to eat King Pop in one bite? Jamie Hutchinson. I like the the brevity of this. What a question. Are you supposed to eat kimbap in one bite? The answer is yes. How else? I don't really get it. It's another thing too. When I see people eating nigiri, it's totally different. Because kimbap and sushi are not the fucking same thing. Sure, sure, sure. Especially food writers and food editors (laughs) out there, you motherfuckers. Even the paper on record. I'm fucking watching you. I know where you're going with this though. Another food that is shocking to see people eat in more than one bite. Shocking. You, it, there's a moment, kimbap, I don't even understand how it's, it's possible, structurally possible. How do I take a bite of this roll and then put it down? But with sushi, with nigiri, I think there's nothing grosser that I can see as the person sitting next to you at a sushi counter than a piece of nigiri with your teeth marks yeah, through half that. of it, it sat it, back on the a, goddamn a, counter. Oop. <laughs> Oop. <laughs> and again, I would even say, before we move over to kimbap, there is a prevailing thought in sushiyas that you don't dip the rice. If you are going to do sushi, nigiri, you're, you're putting, you're never really dipping it in soy, number one. Just, you're not supposed to dip. There's only one kind of sushi you're supposed to dip, and that's when you're getting like uh, spicy tuna rolls, mm-hmm. you know, and California rolls. And, yeah, then house that thing. Philadelphia you rolls. Yeah. Do whatever you want. <laughs> but when you're eating like really nice nigiri at a really top sushi, there is a prevailing thought that you're supposed to actually put the fish on your tongue first. Right. You invert it onto your tongue. The way I eat a hamburger. Yes. Yeah. 
Except that this is correct and yours is just weird. <laughs> but you were saying never dip. If you're going to dip in soy sauce, nigiri, never dip the rice. It's insane. It's crazy. <laughs> dip the rice part of the soy sauce. And the gingers to change, to cleanse your palate. Right. It's not a little, it's not, it's not, a, it's not a bar snack. And also you should use your fingers too. I agree with that. It was made with fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Are your fingers dirtier than the sushi chef's fingers? Go wash your hands. <laughs> and it's always funny to see people that just use chopsticks to eat sushi. I'm like, well, good luck with that. <laughs> Especially if they want to eat with chopsticks and do the inversion. Yeah, yeah. But like so that. you're, but just to, to, to wrap it up, dip the fish if you're going to dip anything. Just the corner of the Correct. fish in the in the soy. There's only one sushi bite that I think is a two biter, and that's a hand roll. Or something that might be given at the end of the meal. That's a two-biter. Maybe a three-biter if you really want to savor it. Right? But it's, yeah, it's a two-biter. I, I agree with that. The little temaki you get at the yeah, end. Yeah, you can't do one bite. That's, that's just weird. And I will also say, <laughs> this, is, this is too technical. But the, because of like the conical shape of a temaki, you have sort of more filling in the first bite. Oh, that's some... some are cone shaped, some are not. Some are, sorry, sorry, some are cylinders, but some are cones. But if you have a cone one, I have to pop the second bite in before I finish chewing the first bite. <laughs> Balance the filling to, to rice ratio. It was just a weird, you, so it's technically one bite for me. You're like one of those Commander Mennonite fans. <laughs> technically one bite for me, but sure. Uh, I do think the cone is a better. No. I do. No. It's okay to be wrong. Equal distribution. Oh, sorry. The cylinder. Cylinder. Is that what I was trying to say? The cylinder I prefer. But kimbap, totally different. Sushi is strictly sugar and vinegar for the rice. For the rice with kimbap, it is sesame oil, and that's it. And current, like pre-pandemic, right before the pandemic, the current thing that was in vogue in a lot of the sushi were futomaki, which were giant, giant rolls that I would say that might be the only one that could be a two-biter as well. Because it's so big, right? Right. And that really took its inspiration from kimbap. Kimbap is the Korean rolled and it's different laver, different seaweed. One is more finely pressed. One is a little bit more rustic and seasoned with salt as well. Uh, Not always, not exclusively, but most of the time is. The reason why I've been bullish on kimbap for a long time, and I'm, I'm a big believer in its future, because you already see this in maki rolls everywhere, is that you can put anything in a kimbap. Mm. It is not bound by anything. The only thing you really need to do is season the rice with, with sesame, sesame oil. That being said, kimbap, the traditional kimbap, has um, temuji, which I call taikon, but it's not politically correct to call it daikon anymore, which is the pickled radish. What is it, temuji, right? Tanmuji. Tanmuji, yeah. whatever, daikon. Come at me. The pickled daikon, yes. The yellow. Spinach. Um, cucumber. No, no cucumber. What's in a traditional one? Fish cake. Carrots. That's it. And that, that it's usually like yay big. And that's a pop. It's one, one biter. <laughs> Even if it's a bigger one, because there's a lot more, you know, you, you can put any filling in it. And you can make them almost like a small burrito size. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's still a one-biter. Kimbap is always a one-biter. And if it's not a two-biter, you know, it ain't 
It's probably not made by somebody that knows what they're doing. <laughs> it's probably made by somebody that was inspired by a trip to Korea. Right. If it's a two-biter, it's a kimbap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't I don't think that is... Uh, kimbap is always a one-biter. Mm. I'm just going to make that very clear. Kimbap is always a one-biter, even if it is a little too big. Even if it's futomaki size, I still think it's a one-biter. You got to shove that thing in your mouth. I I'm, Listen, I agree. So, Jamie Hutchinson, I got to say, like, are you... Either you like to eat a two bites or you were told that there's an optionality in the two bites. So I'm worried about you, Jamie Hutchison. All right. Anything to promote? No, we got the Thursday night football tonight. I'm not there. I'm only gone for a couple more episodes, but we have uh, a good game tonight. Wishing the, the crew their best. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be a good one. IO line is out. The the IO line of any days are out. And, hey, one thing I want to say about IO, I'm, I meant to tell you this. We keep on talking about the IO the, or any day as like a great vessel for cooking, storing, and reheating food. We don't ever celebrate it as just a great vessel to eat out of because my God, I have, I just eat out of an any day all the time. Whatever it is, leftovers, cereal. I'm just eating out of any day bowls. <laughs> I'm I'm just like I'm a one bowl guy now. I mean, maybe you should just hang out with Jamie Hutchison. <laughs> well, tell me you haven't sat there with the big bowl and eaten out of the big no, bowl. No, I haven't. Oh, come on, man. I haven't. There's a lot of good things to do with the any day. That's You've not changed, one of them. bro. All right. Give us five stars.